Hey, I'm home, everybody. Daddy. Hey, where's Nick? Nick's on computer. Oh, okay. Oh, hey there, bud. Hey, Dad. What you doing? I finished my report. Your report on pilgrims? Yes. I was going to help you with that. Don't worry about it. I use Wikipedia. Wikipedia? All right, well, can you read part of your report to me? The pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock. Let's skip ahead to the food part. The Native Americans brought all sorts of things to help the pilgrims, including turkeys, maize, and the Nidhi Hotline. So, that's how to happen. Welcome to the New Teacher Hotline, episode 16. I am one of your co-hosts. There are two. And I'm the other one. And I suppose we should say our names. I'm Glenn. I'm Mike. And let's That's get rolling. Enough. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've been dealing a lot with classroom management the last couple episodes. Mm-hmm. And parenting. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's becoming close to the holidays, which not only is stressful as teachers because kids get pretty wound up during the holidays. Oh, they do. But luckily... Just as the kids are getting the most wound up, it's also when observations are starting to go into full swing. It is. It's the perfect, it's two great tastes that taste great together. (laughs) You got your wound up kids in my observation. Right. Observation being what? What's an observation? A situation where you're teaching and an administrator or a principal or a fellow teacher, someone in a position of authority is coming to evaluate whether or not you're doing a good job in the classroom. Or it could be somebody just coming in to help, too, right? It could be. But the but, more stressful ones are the ones where yeah, they're actually yeah. being evaluated. Another adult will be in your classroom. Right. Okay. I mean, I think I was evaluated upwards of 15 times my first year teaching. It just seems like every time you turn around, there's somebody in the room telling you what you did right and wrong. Mm-hmm. So that's a difficult thing. Right. You know the only thing that's worse than being observed What's 10 that? or 15 times a year? 20 or 25 times. <laughs> nope. The only thing worse than that is never being observed. Really? Mm-hmm. That seems counterintuitive. It does. All right, so you're never being observed by another adult or another professional means there's no one who's helping you become better. And actually means there's no one who's maybe interested in you staying employed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's no one out there that's helping you to uh, improve in your profession. And I know as a first-year teacher, I made a lot of mistakes, and I had people that surrounded me and, and watched me teach and helped me become a better teacher. So that actually means they're investing resources in you if they're observing you. That's right. I mean, it might be something they have to do, mm-hmm. but it actually is helpful. I can it's say intended that to looking be helpful. back now. <laughs> it's not always helpful, I suppose, but, you know. I think the intent is to be helpful. So let's talk about two phases of this, getting okay. ready for the observation and then actually being in that situation where you are observed and you're meeting with them. How do you make the best out of it? Right. How do you do that? Okay, well, truthfully, one of the first things we've already talked about, and that is you've got to have a good attitude about it. And if you assume ahead of time that the observation is intended to help you become a better teacher, then you have the right focus, right so attitude. self-fulfilling prophecies here. Absolutely. If Absolutely. you come in thinking, well, all they're going to do is find everything I do wrong, and they're going to write it down, and then mm-hmm. if they don't like me later, they're going to use this start to fire me, and this is exactly what I expected would happen. Right. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and that's uh, obviously not the 
purpose behind an observation. It does feel like it's very serious, though. It feels oh, it like is. An exam because, it is. you know, it is related to your job, and it's on your permanent record. And you want to do a good job. I do. So, so <laughs> how do you prepare for an observation, and what is it that they're looking for, and what can you do to make it uh, a successful experience? Well, let's knock out the obvious stuff. Okay. You don't want to give a quiz or a test during an observation. Okay. Because you that's can, a but... waste of everyone's time. Well, you can, but it's not what they're wanting to see. Here's a good question. Okay. If you don't know they're coming and you have a quiz or test planned and someone shows up, what do you do? I would probably still give the quiz or test. I do too. And I was, because you don't want to break up the rhythm of your That's plan right. And say, well, I'm doing something else tomorrow. Why don't you come back tomorrow? Exactly. And then give Perfect. another quiz tomorrow. That's and then right. say, look, I'm quizzing all year. I'm sorry. I can't be observed this year. <laughs> Tomorrow's not good it's either. It's an all-evaluation <laughs> November. But no, that's exactly what you should do. Don't change your lesson plan because somebody came in the classroom. Mm -hmm. If it is one where you're testing the whole period or most of it, politely say, you're welcome to stay, but I need you to know that we will be testing and uh, you might want to come back next period or tomorrow. I'll be happy to have you anytime and you're welcome to stay now. That's a perfect answer. Okay. Here's a question. Okay. You do a lot of observations. Yes, I do. Are you expecting, now be perfectly honest, when you okay. come into an I'll observation, try to be. are you expecting a dog and pony show? No. No, of course, by that I mean an all out, here's every single good teacher strategy and I'm going to do cooperative learning and I'm going to do differentiated instruction and there's a hula hoop routine right in the middle to break it up. And, and most administrators would recognize that as a very artificial class. So you can sense when people oh, yeah. are just put you in know, what, errors. How oh, can sure. you tell? What are, the, what are the giveaways? What are the tells? Well, there are many, but one is the reaction of the students. If a teacher is breaking out of an existing mold and trying something you know radically new because the administrator is sitting in class, the students will be your first tip-off. Uh, they're going to be looking around, <laughs> maybe looking at you. Like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, what is this? What kind of mind-altering ray does he bring to the class? Exactly. And the teacher is another giveaway because whenever they're doing something for show, it does feel artificial. Mm -hmm. It sounds artificial. It looks artificial. And it may not have the same kind of flow that their normal lesson would. Got it. So, now... Uh, administrator does not want to see that kind of lesson. Do what you were going to do. And you period. really mean that, right? Because yeah, I always, do whatever it was you were going to do. I had supervisors tell me that, and I felt like they were just saying that. Nah. So that's true. They want to see what you're going to do on a normal day. Truthfully, when I go in to observe teachers, I never tell them I'm coming. And mm -hmm. if I sit in on a quiz, I sit on a quiz. I can learn a lot from a quiz. Really? I'll tell you what I, what I do. First of all, even if they're giving a full period quiz or test, mm -hmm. I can determine if the class comes in prepared. How they enter the room tells me a lot about the discipline and the structure of the lesson. Between the time when they enter the classroom right. and before the lesson starts. What's their deportment as they enter the room? Do you have a lot of tardies or are they on time? Do they come in and sit down in an orderly fashion and look for the warm-up or whatever activity you know the teacher uses to open the class with? The other thing is I always get a copy of the test and I look through it. Mm -hmm. Do the questions match the curriculum? Does the question format match the type of formats that we're using? Or is it one that the textbook publishers create? You're saying how much effort went into the Exactly. Of it's something that the teacher ripped out of the book and made photocopies, you know, 15 minutes before the class. Or is it really a test of what they've been doing over the past, you know, X number of days? And I've really never found a good textbook quiz well, or test. I've I, just never found one of those. I haven't good. either. And I don't like to see them, to be honest with you. Uh, because most of them tend to be very simplified recall type questions, mm -hmm. which, you know, if that's all you can do, then that's all you can do. But it doesn't really measure much. 
and hopefully you're teaching at a higher level than that. But anyway, right. the other thing is, this is a good one that tells you whether the teacher knows what they're really doing as far as class management. What about the students who finish early? Interesting, right? Yeah. What do you want them to do? Do you want them to turn in their paper, to turn it over and put their head down and go to sleep? The teacher that's prepared will always have an assignment or something for the students to do quietly while the rest of the class is finishing their assessment. All right, so let's say that you don't have okay. an assessment going on. Right. Okay, you have proven to me, by the way, that there is a lot you can tell even if you oh, sit yeah. in on a quiz. Yeah. So let's say that it's a regular lesson okay. you're preparing. Let's say even by some miracle you know that someone's coming in. Okay. And that's not unusual. Sometimes they're announced. I've even, I never do, but other people do. I've even told, for example, my principal, I say, I'm really doing something interesting on Wednesday. If I feel like I've got a really good lesson coming up, I used to try to say, hey, you might want to come in and check this out. And then if they... They might feel, oh, okay, well, I'll just do an observation. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see this. I want to see this new teacher in action. I might as well observe him while while I'm in there. Usually, this this would be a lesson that I I would have something hands on. I'm leading the the class in some sort of activity that's discovery learning. That's that's when I used to like doing observations. Okay, but I guess it really doesn't matter what kind of lesson it is. No, not really. Right, because you've proven that with the entire quiz test right. thing. Mm-hmm. So, what are the big things? Let's go with your top five, ten, Ooh. whatever nice round number. What are the big things okay. that you are looking Another at? Let's one of these start in the beginning. Things. Yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> so, right at the beginning, All right. and straight Here's, to the end. It doesn't have to be okay. five or ten. Uh, you know. I'll, I'll give them to you off the top of my head. Okay. First thing is I want to make sure that uh, the teacher is in, in control, that discipline measures are in place, and the learning environment is there. So in other words, that's number one. When you're ready to teach, teaching happens. It's not Te- the whole class spent trying to get the kids to exactly. Listen. That's gotcha. a waste of time, and it begins when the students enter the room, not when the tone or the bell begins. Okay. So the class begins as the students enter the room. Okay, I look for that. And I look for it the whole period, that the class is controlled and the teacher is monitoring the discipline. That's certainly not something you can turn on for an observation. Right, you can't. you got it or you don't got it. Exactly. Okay. And that also is at the end of the class. For instance, when the allotment of time is finished, whether it's a bell or a tone or the teacher looks at his watch and said, class is over, who dismisses the class and how is it dismissed? Do people start uh, if, packing up their bags two minutes exactly. before the class is over mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm, sitting there and mm-hmm. on the edge of their seats ready to sprint like runners in blocks? Exactly. And let's say the, the class is uh, designed to be over at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. and you're looking at your watch and at 2.55, it's just what you said. The students have finished their job, whatever the assignment was for that day or the lesson. They packed up their bags, closed their books. The teacher is just kind of milling around the room. And when the when the bell rings, they just get up and leave. Well, that tells me that, first of all, that the teacher didn't have enough planned or didn't know how to summarize a lesson so that it filled the uh, amount of time. So you got to fill up the entire class oh, yeah. period. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a good strategy, even if you're not being observed. Well, it is, because discipline be problems of. occur when you have unstructured time. Idle hands, right? Exactly. The students will structure it for you, and mm-hmm. it's usually, you know. It's usually and, not the exact lesson plan you uh-huh. have. <laughs> it could be somewhat recreational. <laughs> That uh, creates problems. But in a well-controlled class, the teacher dismisses the class. Okay. And they dismiss the class when they're finished. So you're looking for order at the most chaotic points of the class. Abs- well, the throughout the lesson, the but beginning and the end are the two big ones. So, yes. That's when there's the, uh, most, the highest propensity for disorder. Exactly. Now, another thing that especially new teachers worry about is transitioning from activity to activity within a lesson and there's noise. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing. Okay. For instance, if you're moving from one part of a room 
to another part to do an activity or you're moving into cooperative groups, there will be talk. Expect some of that, and the observer will expect some of that. It's not realistic to think that the kids are going to be anything but kids. Right. So that kind of conversation doesn't really count off. Generally, so far, we're looking at classroom management before class, at the end of class, during class. Sure. All right, so what else? What else are you looking for, especially uh, well, with, there, as far as the lesson itself is concerned? The lesson itself needs to be planned, and that's usually you pretty say that easy. as if that's a surprise, but I guess <laughs> well, that happens a lot. Huh? Well, <laughs> some people don't plan lessons, and it's pretty obvious. <laughs> but the plan itself has to start with the curriculum. In other words, it needs to be referenced in the curriculum, and if you look at the teacher's lesson plan, you should be able to automatically see where that fits in the county or the school or state curriculum. Okay. The observer isn't looking for something grandiose. The observer is looking for a good lesson. Okay, so the number two thing is make sure you have a lesson that's planned mm-hmm. and that is based in the curriculum. Okay. Probably the third thing is that the lesson is appropriate for the students in front of you. What do you mean by that? Aha, that's a good one, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> it, could be, it could be great. <laughs> and this, is, this really is a problem for, for new teachers. Most of them are very smart because they've just come out of a profession or a college class that they've learned so much that it's hard for them to understand that the students may not know the first thing about it, and you got to start at a lower level. Oh, I see. So you're not teaching over the students' heads or That's, teaching under uh, under their heads? Well, you're teaching <laughs> to their heads. <laughs> but Specifically you're to, to the their, ear parts of their heads. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're teaching to their academic level okay, or developmental level it. or whatever level, but it needs to be directed at them. So first of all, the teacher has to know the audience and then plan a lesson accordingly. So it's it's not only the academic level, but... How are you going to teach the lesson? And that means also you're keeping track during, I guess, as the teacher during the lesson. Are the kids tracking with you? Right. you got to monitor to see, are you talking to the four walls? Or are they following along? Mm-hmm. So a, a subset, and might be number four, is the type of lesson. For this particular piece of curricular content, what's the best way to teach it? it there's nothing wrong with a lecture. Now, a full period lecture is long. A lot of kids will have problems sitting and paying attention for that long, so you better be good. And there's, yeah, there's lots of ways you can keep you it You can break it up. up and, yeah. Sure. And we but, can talk about that maybe in another mm-hmm. yeah, we episode. Should. Uh, is there an activity? Is there a video? Is there a computer simulation? Uh, you know, what are you, dance. Yeah. What are you going to do? I'm a neuron. What are you going to do to make this lesson memorable for the students? Mm-hmm. And if it's a hard concept, is it a one-day lesson? Is it a multi-day lesson? And how are you going to build in repetition and reinforcement? So you got to have a lesson. you got to have it planned in the curriculum. It right. needs to be presented in a way that students can understand it on their level in such a way that they can remember it. Okay. And then based on that, can they use it? The other thing is, does your lesson connect with prior learning, and are you leaving a sticky end for tomorrow's lesson? In other words, are you are you creating a bridge for tomorrow? I like so that, that better than sticky end. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are, are you creating a bridge to tomorrow's lesson for future learning? If you are creating a bridge to tomorrow's learning and you've connected to yesterday's learning, then from the student's perspective, this becomes a, a linear event. And they can follow your thought pattern and see where you're going. And everything sort of lines up and makes sense. But on the other hand, if your lesson looks like 
a galaxy or something where there's thousands of different points of light, they're not always able to connect them. And see the big picture, right? Right. So you want, I mean, the curriculum is a whole. Mm -hmm. So you want to treat it as a whole and show everything's related. Psychologically, the more connections you can make in that learning, the more apt you are to remember it. Exactly. Exactly. So there, there are a lot of things that a teacher can do. You've mentioned the last one that I look for. How well does the teacher interact with the student? Mm-hmm. You I mean, mean in class or? In class, right. In other words, as during an observation, does the teacher just give out information and expect the students to remember it? Or does the teacher interact and become involved with the students? Are they monitoring the learning in such a way that they're getting some kind of formative assessment back? Mm-hmm. For instance, those of you who understood what whatever the last problem was, raise your hand. Are you getting a good response? Or who can explain, you know, in 25 words or less, the concept that we just talked about? So, and if they did, then okay, then it worked. So let's put ourselves in this situation. Okay. Let's say the observation is over. You've gotten feedback that you generally expected. What happens when you get feedback that you completely disagree with? What happens if you feel like there's some huge conflict between you and the person who observed you? You Okay. Something that's like, it's a deal breaker. It's a big deal. Like It's something that you've always believed is a great idea, but this person says it's a terrible idea, and you just don't see how there's going to be any sort of resolution to that. Right. Right. Well, I think the single best thing you can do is is listen completely to what's being said and then ask for a clarification. Do you really mean that? And have have them repeat what they're saying. And then if there is a noticeable philosophic difference, then you need to explain your side of the story. Well, here's what I think. It's okay to do that. It shouldn't oh, yeah. be something where you just sit and go, okay, 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 I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, or something like no, that. No, because I don't think you learn anything that way. Right, okay. Uh, I think you have to present your side of the story and let the observer respond. What you're really looking for is more of a dialogue. It could be that the observer didn't understand what you were doing, or the right. observer is the one who's making the mistake. It's They're possible. human too. So it's it's a good idea to listen carefully, present your side of the story, and look for compromise elements in between. Seeing some of my friends as they were being observed, I would see them get very combative during these post-observation interviews and conferences. And that's that's not helpful either, I wouldn't say, because as a first-year teacher, if you're assuming that you know everything there is to know and you're not taking any advice, I mean, there is a chance that the observer's wrong, but there's probably a better chance that you're wrong as a new teacher. Well. And it's, sometimes it's hard to wrap your head around that, I guess. But it's a bad idea to get so defensive that you're not going to listen to reason. And I think that happens a lot. You're right. It's not a good idea to become defensive. You need to listen with an open mind that maybe this person is right. Maybe they're telling me something I need to hear that I don't realize that I do. They, they could to, be right. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt to try their ideas, especially mm-hmm. if they come back in the classroom. You can say, look, I'm trying this, and it's just not working. You know, I think what I was doing before was working better. Can you help me you know, get them involved in the situation sure. so that they don't, they don't feel as though you're disregarding their advice? Absolutely. Because then every single time they observe you, they're going to note that you're right. disregarding their advice. Uh-huh. Or you can take their advice and modify it. You know, I tried it. Here's what I came up with. And you don't have to wait till the next observation. That's you right. You can go back to their office sure. or say, look, I'm trying this and it's just, what am I doing wrong? What mm-hmm. can I do? Yes. And one of the things that you, as a new teacher, do not want to do is disregard their advice and continue with whatever it is that you did that they didn't like. Uh, if you can't talk it through and reach a new resolution, then my advice is do what they say. If an observer notices that the teacher is doing the same thing again, it could be considered a trend. We want all trends to be good. Right, not a, a trend of... Insubordination. 
Now, one thing we should say for the administrator who's coming in, they're really looking at an observation in two ways. Number one, they are looking to help the teacher. Number two, it is quality control. The citizens and taxpayers of that school district are paying the administrators to make sure that we have good teachers. And if a teacher isn't good, it's their job to either help them or move them out. Good administrators will always assume that they're there to help. That sounds like a great note to end on. And we've actually run out of time for email this week, so I'm going to take all of my emails and put them back into my file folder for next time. So our tip of the day for this episode would have to be, when it comes time to be observed, do what you always do. Right. Look at it, like you say, as an opportunity, not as a problem. Oh, I like that. Let me mention one more thing. Our email address for all of your teaching concerns, if you've got problems, if you've got ideas, if you've got suggestions, if you've got a really good brownie recipe that you've got to share with the whole world, email it to us at newteacherhotline at gmail.com, and we'll probably read it on the air. I'm going to go to the faculty lounge on that one. Sounds good to me. Missed an episode or two? www.newteacherhotline.com. Past episodes, message boards, and uh, other stuff. Go there now. You know you want to. All the cool kids are doing it. The New Teacher Hotline is presented every two weeks by the American Board for Certification of Teacher Excellence. Look us up online at www.abcte.org. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the American Board for Certification of Teacher Excellence. In fact, ABCTE makes no claim that downloading this podcast will even be worth your time. But, you know, we, we hope it is. Our theme song is courtesy of Van Davis at www.vandavis.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>